Hello. Hey. Um, I made cookies yesterday. Ooh, nice. What <laughs> what kind of cookies? Well, they're supposed to be sugar cookies, but some stuff happened. <laughs> All right. That sounds like, I guess I've never made sugar cookies, but it sounds simple. It sounds like, how do you mess that up? I know. That, that was why I made them. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I have a sweet tooth, as you know, and it was like 11 p.m. And I was like, oh, this will be easy. And it was going great. And then I realized the measuring cup I was using using doesn't look big, yeah. but it holds two cups and not one cup. So I had double sugar. <laughs> Holy crap. And I had already measured out double flour with all like the baking powder and stuff mixed in. So all my dry ingredients were already there. So I just added like most of the dry ingredients and then just like stuck them in the oven. How did that turn out? I mean, they're tasty, okay. but they are flat and weird looking. They basically are now cookie bars and they're slightly greasy. Greasy but cookie bars, but they taste good. <laughs> they taste good. They uh, taste good. Man. But good texture, actually, surprisingly. Baking is like such a science. Like, I love cooking because, ah, you know, just like throw that stuff in there oh, yeah. and mess with it a little bit. You have to really get way off to throw stuff off in cooking. but Yeah, especially the way our family cooks. <laughs> just throw some stuff in yeah, there. Chop an onion, start doing this stuff. What are you cooking? I don't know yet. <laughs> Exactly. Um, listeners, our family gave us a really cute present of Mexican recipes. And it's like one of my favorite gifts I've ever gotten. Yeah. I love it. And that they like printed out recipes on index cards and everything. But every time uh, my husband tries to cook from it, he ends up having to call either our aunt or our mom what does to this ask mean? questions. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, it's just so vague. But like, I get it. I'm like, oh, yeah, just put some onions in there. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but baking's not like that at all, man. You got to like, you measure if you're real, if you're real hardcore. If you're yeah, if you're real serious about baking, you do it by weight, right? Yeah, I did that one time. and It was actually like markedly better. I probably should do that more. Well, I don't even have like a, I have a bathroom scale. That's the only thing I have in terms of. <laughs> Just take your bowl in there. Oh, it's um, so sad. Yeah, I have one. You no, know, I'm not that fancy. I don't. I don't really bake myself. So yeah, that's that's Abby's game. Yeah, she's better at it. She's very good at it. I'm kind of glad she kind of took over the family baking um, role from me. So now <laughs> I just get to chill during Christmas. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I was already doing that. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Uh, what are we talking about today? What are you teaching me? Today, we're going to be learning about <laughs> the Red Scare and the Hollywood Blacklist uh, through the use of the movie Trumbo, the 2015 film yeah. with Brian Cranston. So this is like one of those classes where you're hungover and you just put on a movie. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, uh, I don't I don't know. Let's watch this. It's about it. it's kind of about what we're doing. So I've never actually done movies in that style. Like, I get that that's kind of a teacher trope. But anytime that I've shown films, even like entirety of films, it's either been like the half day before a uh, a holiday or something where I know it's lost. So yeah, it's fine. they're not going to be paying attention anyway. It's always still like, it's. I never just like show them Shrek or something. Like, it's always still like an actual, <laughs> you know historical movie or document documentary it relates to it in some way yeah and when i do like when it's not that when it's like 
incorporated into whatever. And it's meant to be gen- like, they have questions. They have, you know, I, I kind of nerd out about it, I guess. And I try oh, not good. to be too, too slackery in that department. Cause in my experience, admin does not like to come in and see kids just watching a movie and there's nothing Probably going not. on, you know? So, yeah, but yeah, movie night here, movie night. And, um, all right. Uh, you want to offer a brief synopsis? I'm going to call on you to offer the yes. class a brief synopsis of the movie. All right. Well, I mean, who else would you call on? Well, I guess I could do it, but more learning will occur if you. Oh, okay. You know. Um, yeah. Well, I took notes like a good student. Um, I actually directly copied the opening crawl, which I thought was a pretty good summary, basically saying there are a lot of Americans joining the Communist Party in the 30s, um, which I didn't super know about, but that's cool. Um, Dalton Trumbo um, was a screenwriter, and he was like very into the workers' rights movement. Um, he like was involved with the strikes going on with like set designers and stuff. And he was like a registered communist, and then the Red Scare happened, basically, and he got really fucked over. So yeah, I thought it was a good movie. <laughs> the end. Rate and review. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you're right. In the, in the opening, so in the opening crawl, they do talk about how popular communism was at that time. And there's kind of, I mean, there's kind of a reason you don't know about it. We see it in the film over and over is communism is supposed to be, you know, from the establishment's point of view, it's supposed to be scary and foreign and bad and weird and un-American, you know, like yeah. that's still that whole idea about communism and socialism is still kind of latent in culture. It's still kind of around, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, so we don't really teach much about that in uh, curriculums across across the nation. I mean, you, you kind of sort of touch on the labor movement a little bit in terms of the context of the Industrial Revolution. But that's kind yeah, of Yeah, I feel like that's all we learned is like, yeah, we stopped child labor. Cool. And like, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's not touched on. But but it is true uh, that in the Great Depression, uh, with the rise of fascism in Europe, uh, in Nazi Germany, and in Spain, and Italy as well, uh, you see a large influx of uh, membership in the Communist Party, which started, which had been around before that. In, in 1919 is when it starts in America. Cool. Yeah. So that's that's funny because I actually did see a tweet today. Uh, sometimes I am mean to myself and I look up terms. Oh, I was trying to find like a good local communist org. So I just typed in Dallas communist into Twitter yeah. and got some really bad takes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, someone decided to say that um, Antifa is the same thing as the far right, just on the other side and that they're communist. I'm like, yeah, but being communist isn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, to, to a lot of people, they think it is. Yeah. They think it's, ju- you know, that's just as bad on the other side. It's just as extreme or horseshoe theory. Sometimes you hear it called as you know, I haven't heard that. either exactly. end of the horseshoe is, you know, Nazis on this end, uh, communists on this end. The center is where it's good I or mean, something like that. if you're bad that. at being communist, if you're... If you're Stalin, I guess, then yes. Sure, right. But I mean, and that's that's the that's the trope or the kind of myth is that all communists are actually just they just want a dictatorship and they want it to be gulags yeah. for everybody. There's they definitely lean into that in the into this movie. They like showed the newsreel of like Stalin rolling out tanks and stuff. It's, yeah, they said they had like world domination and giant. I text, love that. Yeah, world. Funny. Yeah, okay, world. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was America trying to do at that same time? Yeah, right. You know, there were some aspects of that in terms of Soviet uh, 
foreign policy and stuff. But it's not like everybody who subscribed to that ideology was behind it. It's like capitalists, uh, you know, people who subscribe to liberal democracy aren't all on the same page or in a, in a secret network about everything, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, to reference last week's episode, when we learned about Stalin's version of communism, it was much more global, but like in a bad way. Yeah, it like, was. It was, you know. it was more violent, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, no, communist, the Communist Party in America had been around for a long time. Before that, even, you have the Socialist Party dating back to like the 19th century, like the 1800s. That's rad. Uh, the Socialist Labor Party or whatever. The communists grew fast early on, but they were kind of under, they had to go underground pretty much immediately because of the first Red Scare, um, which happens. When was that? It's basically our, uh, America's response to uh, the Russian Revolution domestically oh so, okay that makes sense yeah when the bolsheviks take power in russia uh america's like holy shit what if that starts to happen here we got to crack down on all the and they were kind of broadly focused on communists and anarchists like they didn't really make a distinction you know socialists all that all that was all like bad and uh-huh. if you were in that you know they they fucking rage there was a, a thing called the the palmer raids which okay. where the attorney general like ordered these like a huge number of raids all across the country to break up these communist uh, groups. There were 3,000 people arrested. Uh, They deported a bunch of people. They were really trying to crush the movement overall. And so it's not to... I mean, was that... Yeah. Was that movement, like, a big risk at that time? Like, were they... I mean, were they organizing and getting ready to do some shit? Um, they were organizing and growing and they expressed that they wanted to, you know, yeah. overthrow the government and <laughs> start a new system. Uh, yeah. Not that that excuses that, but I'm just saying like, what was it? Um, I guess, was it a thing? How, how serious were they? In reality, not, not, it wasn't a threat. There were yeah. isolated incidents, people bombing, uh, folks, uh, they, they, they would send Bombs to government officials. Uh, these were kind of like radical anarchists uh, who followed a particular brand of it called, that focused on propaganda of the deed, which was basically just go kill people until it works, you know, just go wow, assassinate okay. folks. And not great. That'll bring it about. Yeah. Like most communists were not McKinley? that. Uh, McKinley. Yeah. I think McKinley was assassinated by a, an anarchist. By right? an anarchist. And before that, you'd had the Haymarket riot where they threw the bomb and they blamed the anarchists uh you had this so in general it was just it was easy to paint the left the left as like scary foreign deadly mm-hmm. bad dangerous yeah yeah so they crack down on them and like the opening crawl says it's not till the depression when people are you know just completely uh thrown out and the government does nothing for a little while that people start saying Hey, what about, you know, communist agitators start going out there and they start saying, hey, this system sucks. Freaking join us. Yeah. You know, um, it's one of the reasons that the New Deal did so much and uh, was able to make such sweeping reforms and why Congress didn't step in the way at all pretty much early on. Because they're like the alternative is communism. Yeah. FDR was able to go to them and say, basically, look, I will save us all from communist revolution. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> hey, that's pretty cool. We should try that again. <laughs> right? It's, it worked then. I mean, it's a win-win. But yeah, that's the context in which uh, people were, were joining the Communist Party. 
after that, during World War II, we're allies with the Soviet Union. Yeah, they did a lot of work. Yeah, we relied on them for we really didn't do that the much. manpower in the beginning that. oh we did a ton i mean we we uh finally opened up uh the second front and d-day and everything i mean there's nothing to to belittle there but it was later than the soviets who'd been suffering for a long time yeah that's what i mean by that it's like we did we had stuff we just showed up hella late because we were like oh i don't want to get involved yeah that kind of thing. and that was kind of a political argument there but dalton trumbo and says he he joins in 1943 joins the party yeah, he joins the Communist Party because, like you said, he was a champion of workers' rights and everything. Yeah. The movie does touch on kind of the workers' strike um, going on in Hollywood in, like, the, I guess it was the 30s and 40s, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. So I kind of plugged them last week, too, but whatever. I'm binging the West Wing thing, um, oh, and yeah, yeah. they reference the writer's strike in the 90s a lot, and I've been learning more about that through them, um, and it has, like, I, don't know, I feel like it has some similarities and it's just interesting because like you just don't we don't teach labor history in this country so i like learning about it i just i've been learning more about it and it's cool basically and so i liked getting to learn about it more in this movie awesome yeah it was cool uh seeing the the strike actions and everything and trumbull out out there saying they're taking all the profits from you and and all that and that's where the film introduces everyone's favorite house committee the house un-american activities committee <laughs> I have so many questions about this committee. Sure, yeah. What you got? These guys sucked. I mean, is that is any of it legal? <laughs> it seems very illegal. Well, it was run by Congress. I mean, well, they like make the laws, you know. Whatever. I mean, like, I, okay. So in the movie, they they have this committee, and they're like shutting down communist stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And in the movie, they show up to one of their meetings and. They being Trumbo and his pals, and they hand on a pamphlet about like the First Amendment and how like they have a right to assemble and to like have their own thoughts and stuff like that. So all yeah. they do though is the thing. <laughs> like I don't understand how how being a communist is is illegal, and that they can get in trouble for that. Well, at the time, it, being a communist was not illegal. I think so. Uh, the legalist way to look at this is like okay. The committee was not, like, illegal in itself. Like, it was fine to be there. And what they investigated was usually, like, okay, I guess you can investigate that. That's fine. But what they do, like, in terms of getting people in there and saying, like, hey, do you believe this, blah, 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 and trying to punish people for that, that, like you said, runs afoul of the First Amendment. They did that a lot. Like, they they Mm -hmm. violated the First Amendment a ton. Um but just having a committee to investigate, you know, what they would perceive as national security threats is technically fine legally. It's just Oof. when we look back on it, it's like, that's a that's bad, dude. Not those people weren't yeah. national security threats, you know. Um what did you think about the uh the test for the for his child? Um for Nicola. It was very it was very cute. First off, I love that her name is Nicola. Yeah. Like, okay. It's adorable. <laughs> it was cute. I love the um, test. The test was very cute. I mean, it was very, like, obviously biased. So the test, um, I don't know, if you didn't watch the movie and you're just here to listen to us talk about a movie you didn't watch, cool, I guess. Um, but <laughs> in the movie, Trumbo, played by Brian Cranston, by the way, who does a very good job, ta- is talking to his cute little daughter and she's like, are you a communist? And is that illegal? And is mom a communist? Am I a communist? Like she asks all the questions. So he gives her the communist test, which is, 
you know, if you have a lunch and you see someone without a lunch, what do you do? And she was like, well, I share it. And, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, okay, you're a communist. Um, which, like, that's really oversimplified, right? I think it is oversimplified for sure. Um, but, I mean, what we're taught in schools is is supposed to be appropriate to the age of the kid, right? So that's when, true. When you go to school and and the kind of overall capitalist society teaches you, you know, the baby versions of things and they leave out the bad things and everything. And later on, you kind of figure out a little bit of the bad stuff. I mean, she's not going to get like all the nuances of revolutionary theory or something. Like, <laughs> Well, sweetie, first we need to learn about the bourgeoisie. Yeah, it's fine. Just instead of going to all the exploitation and stuff like that, just say, hey, look, do you like talk about the goal? Do you want everything to be good for everybody? You know? Yeah. It gave me very strong cow poster vibes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it does a good job, though, to get to the heart of it. Do people deserve to live just because they're humans or do they have to, you know, prove themselves worthy somehow? You know, that's true. I mean, I will say, like, I often do resort to kindergarten level explanations of things like, hey, sharing's cool, guys. <laughs> like, I just I don't think people should have tons and tons of money because it's like you don't need it. So, yeah. Yeah. You don't get that lake. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was also a good convo yeah no i i definitely i will have to do this if i ever have kids i'll have to give the communist test the tests they better pass or they're gonna be disowned yeah <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was cute oh, it was pretty cute I'm, I'm not gonna lie i liked it you mentioned the uh i think next from there they go to the alliance meeting that you talked about yes right um with John for Yeah, so they Wayne. had John Wayne speak. Oh my God. I hate John Wayne. <laughs> I mean, like, I knew I didn't like him because, like, I don't watch. I have a thing against old movies. Like, people are going to come at me for this. Go ahead. I don't care. Um, I don't like any movie before, like, I mean, unless you count Star Wars, I guess, which was 1977. But, like, I just don't watch old movies. I don't like them. <laughs> I only I have watched a few make... old movies. So I don't think we knew how to make good movies until, like, Steven Spielberg or something. I don't know. People are going to get so mad. Yeah, that's that's the pro that, they're supposed to be great. Like that's golden age of Hollywood. They're I mean, <laughs> okay. and if you talk to film people, they're supposed to be very, you know, important movies made then. So Yeah. You're going to get flack for that. I know. I know. So write in, thing? tell us how wrong we are about that, <laughs> listeners. I will delete it. <laughs> Here's, um, I've had so many conversations with mostly white men telling me, "You haven't seen such and such, you got to see it." And I'm just like, "Okay." I mean, I don't come up to you and demand you watch every like feminist picture, you know, like it's just, it's a double standard. I think that's a bad thing to do. I hate, I, I try never to do that to people. Sometimes I'll be like, like oh, that's, you know, it's a good thing. You should check it out if you want to. Yeah. You know, if like, you like recommend it to me and like reference things, you know, that I am going to be into. Sure. I'm like, sure. But if you tell me I have to watch it to be a person, I'm not going to watch right. it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I also hate the, that whole approach of like. Oh, I can't believe you have. Like, come on, dude. It's not going to convince <laughs> like me to. Yeah, you're going to make me feel bad. I'm not I'm not going to listen to you. Okay, sorry. Um, but no, um, you're right to not like John Wayne. Um <laughs> He sucks. Um he sounds drunk the whole time in this movie. <laughs> I don't know if he had a alcohol problem. I mean, I think it's just the way he talks. He apparently I, I, smoked yeah. six packs a day. Um <laughs> which I healthy. found out today. That was like, wow. Jeez. But yeah, no, he was he was not good politically. Um, like I said, he was a flat out racist as far like as late as like in the seventies, he 
gave an interview where he basically said he didn't think black people were ready to govern themselves and stuff. Wow, 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 wow. He also said he was, you know, he was glad that, you know, white people took America away from the Indians, as he put it, the Native Americans. Cool. What a cool uh, fucking dude. Yeah. So. Ugh. I learned that he was from Iowa in a fifth grade project where we had to do a project about two states, and mine were Iowa and New York. That's almost as different as you can be. Yeah. He was basically the only famous person from Iowa. <laughs> Sorry, Iowans. Yeah. You can get mad at me about that one. That one's legit. Iowans, um, write in to tell us your favorite Iowa <laughs> stories. Yeah. <laughs> Feature your your favorite Iowan. Um, okay. But yeah, he talks at this thing and he sucks and he's just like, you just leave if you don't like it here, which I hate that argument. What's Moving's wrong? What's expensive. wrong with that argument? Moving is expensive, first of all. Sure. Like, yeah. I can't just leave. Secondly, like you shouldn't have to leave a country to have like a decent life. Like that's fucked up, man. That's so, that's so fucked up. <laughs> I just, I think it's really ridiculous because it's like, I mean, we've talked, I think we've probably talked about this. I don't know. But when people say like, oh, like if you don't like, you know, living in Texas, just leave. And I'm like, yeah. I, I like most of it. I just don't like certain parts. Like my family's here. It's very cheap to live here. Like I like a lot of the things. Yeah. So like I shouldn't have to uproot my whole life because like there are racists and stuff. For sure. No, it's a dumb, it's a dumb argument. I mean. It is. Boo John Wayne. Yeah. And then the the guy like literally tears up the First Amendment when the guy hands it to him. <laughs> yeah. First Amendment. That was a good look. Says something in Russian, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, I'm so he's cool." He's Dastadanya. Yeah, that's what he says. He's uh, what a loser. Yeah, dude, that guy sucked. Um, what else do they do? Then the committee stuff kicks off, right? Yeah, yeah. The they briefly introduce like Hedda Hopper as a character who's pff, the worst. Ugh, oh my gosh, so, so the hats much. though. The hat game was good. Everything she else was. is bad. Yeah, we'll talk about her a little later. Who is she played by? She's very famous. Um. I said I am BD. Helen Mirren. Okay. She did she does a good job playing a total bitch. Yeah. Um, no, she was definitely just hated. the worst person. Um so yeah, you're right. The committee kicks off next. They start with a few like historical clips of uh I think there's an actor in there. There's Ronald Reagan. Uh I saw that. Reagan I didn't know he was around. <laughs> but I guess yeah, he's old as fuck or was yeah, old as fuck. He um he was in the screen act. Screen Actors Guild or something like that at the time. That sounds right. Writers Guild, something. He was like its vice president or president. He was an asshole. I mean, he was like a <laughs> Roosevelt Shocker. Democrat back in the day, actually. Um, but, you know, obviously over time he got way more conservative. Even by that point, I was reading about this today. Even by that point, he was apparently an FBI informant already. Oh, who, wow. Who had uh, named suspected communists. Um, piece of shit to the yeah he cooperated or whatever and told them told them stuff he apparently was anti-communist you know uh, uh in general but was told the committee like he didn't think that they should just outlaw communist parties because democratic ideals or something um, which was think? a surprising take from him i guess uh, yeah i guess but, yeah i should be <laughs> i should be impressed by that yeah um i also saw nixon in the credits was he chilling Nixon was around at that point. Yeah, he was. Uh, he did serve on the House on American Activities Committee when he was in the House. He he appeared. So back to the, we're kind of jumping all over the place with the movie recap. This was actually was in the the end credits. Um, you know, they're saying like what, what you know, wrapping it up, like how things actually went down. And um, yeah, they had a picture of Nixon. I was like, hey, I know that nose. 
Yeah. He was, um, he had been elected to the house of representatives in 1947 when this started. So he was a freshman mm. congressman, you yeah. know? Uh, but he was, he made his career as a, as a red hunter, you know, sort of thing. Jeez. He was always out there looking for the communist threat. Okay. That sucks. Um, okay. So the committee, um, they're basically subpoenaing a bunch of people. It's a gross word. I don't like it. Um, yeah. The famous Hollywood 10. So these were like 10. I guess they were all screenwriters, right? Uh, screenwriter, various uh, positions, I think. I think, you know, directors or writers. And I think they were in different capacities, maybe. Um, so, yeah, these people got subpoena and they got questioned. Um, they show um, Trumbo giving his um, answers, which he is very antagonistic. And that was cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it was a frustrating process to watch though, because yeah, they, they set it up with these yes or no questions that were like, obviously very leading. So like, yeah. <laughs> That's how congressional hearings are even to this day. Yeah. Um, I'm but, sure. Cause they're partisan. I mean, someone runs it and they have an agenda and they want to make sure that they get their people in there to say everything that they want their people to say. It's always like, you know, take your time. Yeah. Here's a glass of water, all that. And then when they get the people they don't like, they come in here and say, they usually now <laughs> they give like a big speech, you know, and they're like, you suck. Here's why. Here's all the oh, bad yeah, things they... about it. Anyway, my question is like, <laughs> were you ever, have you ever been, you know, a totally corrupt asshole or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they do that with regular trials too, I guess. So sort thing. of, there's more, there's more rules and stuff in place in a, in a normal trial, but Congress, they just play it like that. They just, they try to put on a show. I feel like they're, um, they're just playing dress up. Like they're playing like, let's play court today. <laughs> yeah. It, Cause at the end of the day, it'll end up like a political vote or something in terms of what happens. Uh, and they're, they're just trying to, you know, in this case, they're trying to prove the point that like, you know, all these communists, you know, they report directly to Moscow and they're. Okay. Yeah. They're That's horrible, not a thing, right? I mean, okay. So there were spies. Like, I mean, that okay. did happen. You know, you did have Soviet spies in America reporting directly to, you know, reporting to someone who reported directly to the NKVD. Yeah, yeah. Sure. But I mean, most, it, the fallacy is that because that happens, somehow everybody who subscribes to that same ideology is also doing that thing, which is just not true. Mm, okay. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, that makes sense. But uh, but they have that. They haul Trumbo away, and he's like, "You can't do this. This is a you know, this is a travesty of democracy, or you know, all that." Yeah, that was good. Um, I liked when they pulled him out, and they were like, "What do you say about being held in contempt of Congress?" He's like, "I've got total contempt for this Congress." <laughs> that was cute. I liked that line. It was very good. Um, okay, I have more questions. So, what if we had a communist party now? Would they pull some shit like this? We have a lot of communist parties right now. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, we all have to be one party so that they're scared. Uh, it would help. I mean, we still would be probably smaller than the Green Party officially. I mean, you could grow it. But, like, if you're talking, like, now we have we have a ton. We've got the Communist Party <laughs> USA, the one that they're talking, you know, that Trumbo was in. You got the Workers' World Party, Party for Socialism and Liberation, Progressive Labor Party, American Party of Labor. Those are just the Marxist-Leninist parties. You also have a bunch of Trotskyist parties, Maoist parties. And going to the more reformist side, you got, you know, DSA. You've got mm -hmm. uh, Socialist Party USA. Like, you have a whole a whole bunch of – they're all really small, you know. Yeah. They're not really seen as fragmented. a major threat uh, from the – 
point of view of the two-party system. Nobody votes for them, so they don't yeah. get anywhere. And, Dang it. Yeah. I mean, we still, <laughs> I mean, but we do have communist parties, and any of those could be grown into something, or they could merge. Uh, something new could come around and, and, and become the new vehicle of, of left-wing politics. You know, it's not impossible. We could totally yeah. do that. If we did that, would this happen again? It's very likely. I mean, I feel like it would. Because, I mean, if you look at what's happening now, like, Mm -hmm. they're making up an organization of Antifa, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Antifa kind of fear baiting or whatever, uh, saying, oh, all these guys are radical terrorists now. Yeah, they're a terrorist organization with a, you know, an imagined hierarchy when actual Antifa groups are all dispersed and just kind of localized and, and whatever. Yeah, they're all afraid of the Antifa super soldier thing, you know. It's <laughs> insane. Yeah. So yeah, they're willing to do it with like a loosely organized thing like that. Like they definitely would do it if we like had enough power to be a threat. They would definitely, yeah, for sure. And they have <sighs> they have a lot of means to do so. Watch out, guys. Laws and stuff on the books that they could use for that. Cybersecurity. Oh man, we're fucked. They could just look at my Twitter and take me to jail, honestly. <laughs> Uh, technically, yeah. I saw in here that you asked about, uh, at some point, and I don't remember the timeline on this really, but at some point they have the Parnell guy come out there and he's like, uh, we're passing a bill to, in event of an emergency to detain all known communists and stuff. Yeah. What the heck? They were like making internment camps. Is that the right word? Detention centers? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the difference um, between those. It was a real, that was a real law he was talking about. That was. uh, Cheesy, crazy. That was uh, called the McCarran Internal Security Act of 1950. Uh, It was passed overwhelmingly in both the House and the Senate. No, they did it. They, oh, yeah, that that was passed. Yeah. Um, That was. An entire 17 of 259 Democrats voted against it in the House. <laughs> oh, good job, guys. Seven of 54 Democratic senators voted against it. Later, and and they had a title in there called, the second t- title two was the part that he was talking about where they could throw communists in internment camps if there was an, a did national they emergency. They never did. Um, I mean, I guess... Well, the first part required emergency. like a national registry of com. You had to register with the government if you were a communist. Oh my gosh! Um, and that was so that whenever the national emergency came around, they could throw you in the internment camp. You uh, guys, when you find yourself saying things like national registry, maybe take a look in the mirror. You know, think about maybe who else in history has done that, and if you maybe don't want to do that. Hey, that's what uh, that's I think gun rights advocates would agree with you on that. Okay. <laughs> it's it's complicated. You got me. <laughs> um you the internment me. camp part was repealed in 1971. So they can no longer That's That was too long honest. though. <laughs> well, what happened was Japanese Americans uh started organizing oh. and saying, "Hey, what the hell? Like, are you going to do that again? That was terrible for us. Do not do that. That's just, that was a stain in our country." Okay, so never again. what year did that thing happen? The bill. The, 1950. Was the oh, passage, okay. and then they repealed it in 1970. They repealed that part in 1971. So did they not, whenever they did intern, like, Japanese Americans, that was without a law saying it was cool to, they just did it? 
Well, the Supreme Court approved of it in some case, Korematsu versus United States, I think. Um, I mean, laws are bad. Don't worry. And not all laws are good. That doesn't mean it was okay to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It was initially like by executive order, and they may have passed a law okay. to, to back it up. I'm not sure. Jesus. Uh, there was also a, a an, an act passed a little bit later on called the Communist Control Act of 1954, which just straight up outlawed the Communist Party or not what just officially, heck? but just communist parties in general. It just straight up outlawed them. That's uh, bad. That passed <laughs> unanimously in the Senate. No Democratic opposition there. And only one Democrat voted against it in the House. How do you even... Jeez, that's nuts. Like, still you can't on the just... books, by the way. Wait, no, 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 no. What? <laughs> that's still on the books. It's never enforced. No one ever enforces it. But when I said <laughs> that they definitely have the legal means to... Uh, to enforce oh, anti-Antifa no. stuff, like if they wanted to, or anti-communist stuff if they wanted to. Hell, they have a law for it. They've never tried to use it, but You guys, there. I'm going to prison. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> a real thing. That's nuts. Yeah, and liberals, as you can see by those votes, were definitely not really doing a ton to fight it. They were scared. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that, because in the movie they have a few like liberal characters um, you know, mostly friends of Trumbo who have like worked with them in Hollywood. So they have this actor who I have the name of Edward Robinson. What's his name? Yeah. Edward. Eddie. Edward Robinson. Eddie. Um, so he was, seemed cool. He was like this Romanian actor. Um, and he was like his bud. He like helped them fundraise and stuff. But then like when it came down to it, I mean, he identified as a liberal Democrat and then eventually he betrayed them. Yeah. And so does his other friend, um, who's actually based on like a couple of different people in the movie. He's Buddy Ross, but he's based on Dor Sherry and Walter Wenger. Walter yeah, Wenger, that's fun. I never heard of those guys. <laughs> it was a little googling, but um, yeah, they're just like producer types. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, he ends up also betraying him too, and it's just like very clear that the liberal reaction here, like like you said, from the votes, they they didn't do anything to stop this no and you know those were slightly later on that was like at the height of mccarthyism and everything you know when every you know so many people were scared of looking soft on communism but even in this time a few years before this 1947 is when this is going down um even in this time liberals kind of had a mixed reaction you heard on the radio like lucille ball speaking out against it but no, I, well, the first time we watched this movie, uh, Kyle and I were watching it together and we, we heard Lisa Ball talking and we're like, we like both tensed up like, oh no, what's she going to say? <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, good. I was really worried I was going to start having to like hate Lucille Ball. <laughs> uh, no, like it was, some people did stand up. An important thing about any, about any historical time period is usually there's going to be when people say, oh, you can't judge people based on the time, you know, like that was just how people were back then. Usually there are some people who were against bad things in history even back then, you know? Yeah. Um, but a lot of liberals kind of either said, no, 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 I'm not a communist. Communists are bad. Do whatever you need to do, you know? Or they were like, I'm not a communist. I don't think we should throw them in jail. But like, you know, they should they're kind of bad, but like, let's not throw them in jail. Kind of wishy-washy. Mm -hmm. And then you had some people who were brave enough to kind of speak up for them. But I mean, that's, I think that's what I find very shocking about this whole thing is that like, I mean, you're at the end of the day, you're literally, I mean, this is some thought crime shit, which is very funny to me because I feel like that was the big fear with communism is like, Oh no, 
like the whole 1984 thing of like, oh, you can't have your own thoughts. You're being counter-revolutionary. It's like, this is that this is what we're doing. We, we, we just did that for them. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's just really ironic. Yeah, no, it's, you know, and, and, you, and you couch it all in, in freedom and democracy and they want to destroy our wonderful way of life. But what are we doing? We're actually telling people, you can, you know. You can't think this You're way. not free that, to do that. That's not okay to yeah. do. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, what was their argument? Their argument was you should be free to, you know, believe how you want to within the bounds of what they would call like a civil society. Like you can't go saying we should overthrow things violently uh, because you're kind of, you know, you're going outside what's success- like you're going outside what's acceptable sort of because it's dangerous because you could like encourage people to overthrow the thing that protects <laughs> your freedoms and all that. That would be their argument. I, mean, I don't think it's a good I one. I guess. But. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like protects whose freedoms, like freedoms of rich people. <laughs> True. Yeah. Let's be real. Um, for sure. Freedoms within a liberal bourgeois democracy. Exactly. Um, okay. I'm trying to see what my other questions were. Oh, I loved that Senator. Um, what was his name? Be something with a P. Do a little recap know. here though. Cause Trumbo goes to prison. He gets convicted. Trumbo goes to prison. They haul him off. They strip search him and they put him in prison. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the, who is it? Uh, Jay Parnell, Senator Parnell. Uh, mm-hmm. He gets, he, I don't think that this happens in real life, that they meet in prison. I'm not sure. Probably not. Um, that sounds a... very coincidental. But he did, he, that guy did get, uh, did get thrown in, in prison for tax evasion. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty great. The, the scheme that they described is basically what happened. He had uh, his, like his niece and his niece's maid on the payroll <laughs> And they would just kick back that salary to him tax-free. Wow. So that he was just getting that money, you know, just pocketing it. And no one was paying taxes on it. He did that for that's, like four years. <laughs> that's not great. But yeah, I like that he got thrown in there because he was, he was an asshole. Yeah. I also liked that they kind of like flipped this trope. Um, so in, in prison, I, don't, I have no idea if this is based on fact or not. But in prison, Trumbo meets um, this like black guy who works in... Um, like what, shipping of some yeah, sort. Yeah, the supply. Uh, yeah, supply. And um, he like assumes he can't read, and he's just like, "No, I can fucking read." Like it's just great. He's like, "You think you're gonna like teach me how to read? I'm gonna be like grateful for you forever." Like, no. Um. So yeah, yeah he was kind of cool. Um, he was kind of cool in that sense. He was kind of lame in the sense he's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you, communist? You guys suck." Yeah, he really did not like communists though. Um, <laughs> that's cool. Which is yeah, which is fine, I guess, if you're lame. Uh, but no, that was, that was cool to, uh, to flip this, like you said, to flip the script on that. Yeah. Arlen heard that was funny. Um, when Eddie starts naming names on the radio and he's like, I think that that's the, was it Eddie or buddy? I get Eddie and buddy mixed up. They look the same to me. Somebody was on the radio and they were naming names and then they, you know, they named Trumbo. They named, uh, Arlen heard as the commissar. (laughs) <laughs> or something and he's just like i'm the fucking commissar out there now <laughs> so commissar is like a spy right i had to google no, no. it a commissar is like a like a like a commander like a oh i didn't do a good job of googling <laughs> yeah i guess it's an official in some way like like a a high higher rank in a maybe military operation or that mm. sort of thing so yeah you're, so, you're kind of right like kind of an officer you know yeah so alan Hurd is actually another combination of people 
um, based off of Albert Maltz and John Howard Lawson. Um, Also, I guess, slight content warning. He is played by Louis C.K., so if you have a problem with him, eh, skip his scenes. Yeah, this was Um, previous, I guess, 2015, so it was like two years before he got canceled. Um, Yeah, yeah. I will say he does, I mean, don't get mad at me. He does do a good job. In oh, this. he was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I loved his character. Yeah, um, I was still uncomfortable with him being there, but like, oh, he he was funny and stuff. But yeah, yeah. he's got a good delivery on lines is what. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I liked his character. Um, we can talk a little bit more about that later because I sure. thought he brought up some interesting points. Yeah, um, he was fingered as a commissar there. Uh, they mentioned <laughs> Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. Yeah, they're in one of those newsreel scenes. Who are they? What's their deal? Well, they got executed. That's not great. Uh, No, yeah. So they were accused of treason, espionage, for passing on military secrets, including secrets about the atom bomb, uh, to the Soviets. Shit. I mean, did they they do it? So they were convicted (laughs) of that. And for a long time, kind of leftist activists were saying they were completely innocent. They didn't do it. When the Soviet Union fell, we had access to their documents, and oh, they had Julius on the payroll. He was, he Whoops. was, he was indeed doing that, passing secrets. Okay. There's kind of a um, a dispute. Uh, Soviet sources say one thing, um, it, like people directly involved in, in it, kind of say that that what he passed on to them really wasn't of any value. Mm-hmm. Um, while more, well, more kind of conservative voices look at it and say you know claim that it was more valuable so well, you don't really know still for on the sure. payroll not yeah, great he was a soviet spy ethel was not officially she did it does seem like she knew what was going on and mm-hmm. helped you know was an accessory but she wasn't actually like a spy wasn't actually passing the secrets herself she just kind of helped her husband get away with it yeah but they yeah. both Accomplice. got convicted of that and both got executed via the electric Woof. chair Woof. uh and so that was a that was a big deal. Um, their kids were orphaned because of that. Um, Damn! It just seemed kind of. I mean, even with the it's it's that's kind of extreme. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't believe in the death penalty for sure at all. Same, uh, same. Treason's also such a weird crime to me. I don't know. <laughs> it just is weird. I don't. I don't super get it. Well, it's you know it's nationalist uh, treason as as a. That's probably why I don't like it, huh? Yeah, I mean, you have to support your country. You can't, you know, do anything that would hey, hurt. Hey, what if your country's doing fucked up shit? You can't do anything that would hurt it because the country is the most important. It's nationalist. Ugh, you know? That's not true. Okay, that's I don't like it. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> that's why I don't like it. That's why it's executable, whereas you know, instead of instead of a normal crime, that's bad. And then you know they they kind of do some more. He's he's in prison stuff. I, I love when they show there's a there's little scene of of Nicola. Uh, reading the Daily Worker. I don't remember this. Wait, like the newspaper. She's reading a newspaper, and it's the Daily Worker. Like it's a oh, it's I a communist see that. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Cute. Yeah, she was being a good little commie. Raising him right. So yeah, he eventually gets out, and he reunites with his very cute wife, who has the best name, Cleo. That's a great name. That is kind of cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, like she just sounds fabulous. Uh, I, from my understanding, he was imprisoned for eleven months. Is that right? That's that's correct, isn't it? Did you oh, man. look this up? Um, I didn't track the dates on my little notes here. I did, and then I deleted them. I'm like, I don't need dates. <laughs> um, in the movie, though, like, man, they made his daughter get really old really fast. That's what I said. She 
grew up way super fast if that's the case like she was i a still kid thought and she grew up really fast without knowing the year difference but yeah that's pretty crazy if it was well, they grew months. up all the kids so she wasn't like unique in that but but she grew up way more well she was at, you know closer to at that age teen, you know i guess yeah you kind of do shoot up trumbo was sentenced to a year of federal prison and a fine of a thousand dollars he served 10 months 10 months and she's like all of a sudden a teenager <laughs> yeah, that was weird yeah he gets out though um, and they moved to like a smaller house out in like the suburbs. Um, they were on this like cute little farmhouse. I loved their house. Very cute. Yeah, that was that was nice. But yeah, they so they go to this like neighborhood and then they like <laughs> the next day or something after they move in, like their pool gets trashed. So they move to a new neighborhood. Um, they like go out to the burbs and they see like a elect ike sign or whatever and that suspicious neighbor who's always like mm, uh, you know looking at me <laughs> yeah yeah he was he was a very cranky man um and then like the very next day i don't know if it was actually the next day but like the next scene is that their place gets trashed like their pool they like fill it with like it looks like sewer water or something yeah or oil or i don't know yeah it was bad and they put like dead animals in it and they wrote like get out on the wall and like blood like animal blood or red paint yeah, or was- something is pretty fucked up. Did communists get a hate crime? So what does that mean? I didn't know what that know. question meant. Like, does that mean, <laughs> I mean if you do that to a communist, you get convicted of a hate crime? Or? No, no, I mean, like, did that kind of stuff happen to communists? If they knew you were a communist, yeah. Like, it's like really? the guy who throws it. Yeah, like if the guy who threw a drink at him in the, in the movie theater mm-hmm. before, you know, that that's that sort of stuff happened. Um, yeah, th- so it happened to people who were actually communists and, and, you know, they would get like attacked or slandered uh, in these various ways. Uh, a lot of them, like they said, it, you know, they, they lost their job or they, they faced some real, you know, setback because of that. Um, yeah. I wanted to get more into that. I mean, I guess we can get into it now. Like what, I mean, can we get more examples of that? Cause this, I don't know the one thing that was kind of challenging about this movie and they kind of address it a little bit is that Trumbo. Yeah. He went to prison. It was for like 11 months. And he also, like, was fine. Like, he had to sell his big house, but, like, he was fine. <laughs> um, like, so the movie goes on, and he basically does this grift where he writes scripts under, like, pen names, and, like, he's still finding a way to make money. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I guess I just want to know, like, what were the more intense consequences of, of the Red Scare? Uh, well, you have people who are not as well off losing their jobs. That's way mm-hmm. more. That's way more consequential for them. Uh, you have people who, you know, not like, like Eddie, he's pretty rich. And so when he goes through these difficulties, it's like, it's fine. Man. I did not feel bad stuff. for him. Yeah. But if you have, he like, had a whole speech that was like, I lost my livelihood. It's like, you still, I can still see a fucking Degas painting in the background of your house. Like you're fine. Like sell your fucking paintings. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. In his case. But I mean, you have actors who were not as high profile as that. And who, like he said, you know, I can't change my identity. This is who I am. You know, they were not as high profile, didn't have those resources. And, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe they're up and coming or something. Like, yeah. And they so. just don't get work again. And they're, you know, that's, that's their livelihood. That's just gone. Uh, people yeah. drank themselves into early graves or did drugs, you know, led to divorces, suicides. Um, I saw that. So in the end credits, they like kind of summarize some of the results too. Mm-hmm. But I had questions about that too. Um, it said that like teachers were affected, and I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, one of the in one of the newsreels, I think they show uh, Joseph McCarthy saying, "You know, one professor at one university is one 
you know, communists too many or something like that. <laughs> okay. uh, I mean, and they were out for people in in academia, but also just regular teachers. I mean, if you... So like regular if, public school teachers? Yeah, you could just be five. Political opinions, even today, are not a protected class. All right? Oh, Civil Rights gosh. Act or any sort of yeah. employment discrimination things and stuff like that. You know, they have protected classes. You can't fire somebody for being black. You can't fire somebody for being gay, whatever. And as of today, um, yeah, <laughs> you can't fire someone for being gay. Very, that's a very recent development, one we applaud, for sure. But yeah, political view, like you can get fired for being a Democrat, <laughs> Republican, communist, socialist, whatever. That's not protected. They can just say, yeah, we don't, you know, don't like this person's politics. Especially Shit, dude. Uh, teachers have... In various states, I guess it probably changes from state to state, but they have like codes of conduct. Teachers are supposed to are, are seen or are held to weird kind of moralistic standards. Yeah, not just within their district, like with during school. Obviously, you don't want your teacher to like do something, <laughs> you know, morally terrible. In, not terrible. <laughs> These are not necessarily terrible things, but like anything that could make them seem like. You know, not good role models. Or not whatever. a teaching robot. Yeah, that's kind of held. I mean, okay. educators are held to that even outside the classroom. So I saw many yeah. of us are, are like very private in terms of our social media use and stuff like that. Because you have to be. Because people come at you if you don't. Yeah, yeah. That makes, I mean, it doesn't make sense, but it kind of makes sense. I don't know. It's like, okay, it's like, this is not a perfect analogy, but like with therapists, like if you see them in public, they're supposed to be chill about it, you know? (laughs) Well, yeah. Basically, yeah. Like it's just a certain level of like, we have a service we're providing. We're not like trying to actually be your friend kind of thing. Teachers have to carry themselves and, you know, like they have to behave almost, but like, yeah, just normal life, which is strange. That's very weird. Yeah. So, you know, in addition, political actions and stuff, uh, if they, you know, were deemed too controversial by administrators or whatever, they could totally fire teachers for sure. That's very fucked up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's keep going with this this peppy movie then. <laughs> um, um. Yeah. So, like I said, he runs a he runs a grift basically for a while, and it's pretty fun. Um. He does take a lot of drugs, <laughs> which the funny, not the funniest, but like. I think what struck me weird is that scene. They have a scene where, like, he's he's writing. He's writing so much stuff. And he, like, has all these mm-hmm. deadlines. And he starts taking, like, benzos. And, like, his wife sees him through the door and is, like, worried. I'm like, I mean, if I didn't have context for what that was, unless I, like, saw from across the room what it was, and, you know, I'd be like, okay, he has a headache. He's taking a pill. <laughs> yeah, that was a little judgy, I thought. but Yeah. I mean, like, maybe she had reasons to suspect him earlier. She wasn't just jumping to the conclusion, you know? True. Yeah, maybe that was kind of implied. Oh, no, he's back on the... <laughs> Another thing, I think, in the montage that they were showing was a lot of the the bathroom writing scenes. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was always, like, super nervous just watching him do that in the bathroom <laughs> because that was just, like, something. you're going to knock something off. Like he, Everything looks so precarious. <laughs> Dude, yeah. So I... Yeah, so I am a bath taker. <laughs> okay. I will say. But I mean, yeah, I'm still very careful with like one time I, I took my iPad in there thinking like, oh, I can, I can do some reading. No, I did not. I, I ended up like putting it very far away and just being like, no, I can't do it. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it would be nerve wracking. Yeah. And they have now like fancy caddies. His was very small. Like his was very narrow. I was like, there's not enough room for that. And he was writing on an easel, which like I've tried using easels. They're not very structurally sound. Like <laughs> that thing looked very precarious. Yeah. I don't know what he was thinking, but that's what he liked to do. 
That's his thing. He was always in the bath. So I'm in one of these bath scenes. It's like his daughter's birthday, and she gets pissed because mm-hmm. he's like not there. And um, which what the fuck? This... <laughs> yeah, like what a shitty dad. And he like fucking yells at her. He's like, "I'm I'm a slave for this family, and these ten fingers feed and clothe everybody." And it's just this nasty breadwinner narrative that's just like, "Okay, you're a fucking martyr." I just ugh, is annoying. Yeah, that was really like. That was really bad. I, I didn't like to watch that. And I was just like, what the fuck, Trumbo? What? Just geez. like take a five minute break. <laughs> That's literally yeah, all you have to do. Five minutes. One minute. You know, like. That's it. Jeez. Pop in. Ugh. But I don't know. It made me think of, again, I'm, I'm rewatching West Wing because I'm glutton for punishment. Uh-huh. But like very early on, Leo gets a divorce from his wife. And because he's like, this is more important. Yeah. Basically says. For like, these four years, this is more important. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's a weird conversation that like, I mean, you should have discussions about this before you have kids and, and before you get married. Be like, no, sometimes this is going to be more important. Like now people just need better boundaries. I, I get mad about that. Like just make fucking time for things or, or don't have those things. Like, sorry, you can't do both sometimes. Yeah. I, I think know. that's, that's a good way to look at it. Like, cause I, cause at some point when they're arguing or something, he's arguing with his wife and it says, and he says like, I don't have friends. I have allies and enemies or something. (laughs) That was so extra. Well, okay. That's a perfect way to look at it, though, if you are like a revolutionary. If you're like an underground operative, you're trying to bring about an actual revolution by doing dangerous criminal shit. But he's not. Yeah. A, he's not. (laughs) But like B, it does kind of require you to like be separated from things like you know superheroes how they're mm-hmm. like oh i have a secret identity i don't want my loved one <laughs> like i mean it's kind of like that like you have to be more cut off and you have to dedicate like leo has to dedicate himself to his work in, in the west wing because it's the most important thing but you're right that you if you're trying to get involved in something like that you should definitely figure out your familial situation <laughs> instead of yeah, just putting I mean, it just, on them yeah i mean with that situation it just implies that like they never had that conversation when he was like starting to campaign with Bartlett. It just, it doesn't make sense. Again, I've been listening to the West Wing thing. It's very good. Check it out. Yeah, um, I need to. It's good. I've, I've really been enjoying it. It's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I am very much a self care person and mm-hmm. <laughs> I am very for strong boundaries. I guess, yeah, if you're fully in it and you're being, you know, a straight up revolutionary and stuff, I don't know. I mean, I guess you can't really have a personal life. I, I don't know. There might be ways to, that. but I think that. You both have to be in it, probably. Yeah, you would both. Yeah, for sure. So convert your partners if they're not already on board. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah, get them That's on your first board. task. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the character of, of Arlen some more. Um, let's jump to Arlen. I think he brought up some good dichotomy. Again, Lucy Kate, not great. But um, the points that he brought up I thought were good. Basically, um, I said earlier he's an, an amalgam of a couple of different people that represented like the more radical people in Trumbo's circles. Mm-hmm. But I, I liked how he called Trumbo out on some shit. Um, you know, they have a conversation early on where he's like, hey, you talk like you're a radical, but like, look at this house. You know, <laughs> he's like, you, you live at a fucking lake house, you know. Yeah. He's like, if, if, if I get what I want, like, you don't, you know, no one gets a lake. You know? Yeah, exactly. And Trumbull says this weird line back to him, and I wrote it down. It was, uh, the radical can fight with the purity of Jesus, but the rich guy wins with the cunning of Satan. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
that's kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's very like fetishizing poor people. Why? I don't because it's just like, oh, like your your struggle is is so pure. I mean, maybe I just don't like the word pure, but I don't know. It's just, I mean, as a class trader, I like part of it because like I would, I'd like to use my money to help. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but yeah. But I don't, it just, it seems like it's exploitive in a way of just like, oh, I'm using you for my cause because you're so poor. You're willing to suffer and die and go through the real things and I'll mm-hmm. cunningly get stuff done is what you're saying. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's, that it, that's essentially a breakdown of what, what kind of happens in that, in that dynamic between them. Cause I mean, he doesn't. He suffers, but like you said, he doesn't really suffer. I mean, yeah, and that's, I think that's also, a, yeah, what bothers me about his whole fucking breadwinner thing. It's just like, dude, fucking chill, man. Like, you don't have to do this much work. Like, you don't, you chose to do this. Like, he take he keeps taking on more and more projects. He does. And it's yeah. like, you didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I am on board also. Like, I like class trader. <laughs> I like people who are class traders because they're very useful. And they help you get an inside, you know, inside leg. I don't think that, I don't know if Trumbo really advances that too much himself. Like as a, as a I think he's in figure. it for himself. Yeah. I think he, he <laughs> was, he was in it for himself and, and thereby kind of helped a lot of people in terms of lifting the blacklist, you know, helping a lot of people who might not have been able to do it themselves weren't as high profile or whatever. But I don't know if his motivation was that. I've been thinking a lot about like the Marxist theory of like take help where you can get it. And mm-hmm. I just, I find that really relevant now just because oh, all, yeah. the, all the talk about reform, I'm just like, okay, fine. Well, that's fine, but we need more. <laughs> For so. sure. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very much, re- it's very relevant today. Yeah. Cause I have a lot of just liberal friends and I'm like, thanks, but also do better. <laughs> Well, they'll come out of the gate with eight can't wait, right? And that's like um, eight can't wait, and they're and, and that's their like initial play. But right away, what was our job to do is say, "Hey, man, like New York has seven of these in place. You know, Minnesota yeah. had a lot of these in place. It doesn't, it doesn't fix the <laughs> Three problem. Three of them are the same thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite. It's de-escalate. Part. Don't uh, announce it. Yeah, like, think before you shoot. And it's just like, yeah, those are all the same. But our job <laughs> is to say that's bullshit. You need to do more. You need to be better, you know, and, and and push them to get as much as we can. Yeah, I feel like we're we're reaching a point where like I mean there's there's the joke tweet of like, you know, first few weeks in quarantine we're all breaking bread and now we're trying to overthrow the police. <laughs> and it really feels like some people got radicalized and I'm I'm here for it. Yes, for sure. And like Mark said, we gotta work you you gotta even work with your liberal friends, you know, your centrist friends. <laughs> you got to try to get them when when they're they can still be wrong about something fundamentally right they don't really want to address the root cause of most things they want to make it a little bit better but if if what yeah. they're fighting for is a little bit better than what it is now i mean we got to try to get it that way too you know i think my thing is like i've been thinking a lot about neoliberalism lately too mm-hmm. and it's like like I'll I'll take like I guess regular liberals, but <laughs> for me it's like the neos that you got to watch out for because they're they're also going to do, you know they'll they'll throw you some some like civil liberties and stuff, but they're also going to do some really fucked up shit like you know bombing shit with drones and like, you know, um I saw this today. RBG voted for a fucking pipeline, so like, 
Where's your queen now? Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't trust them. I'm sorry. Cannot, no, no. <laughs> There's no heroes sure. anymore. There, yeah, there shouldn't be. You can, you can kind of hero people for a little. You can, but they'll, they'll, they'll fail you eventually. You know? Yeah. It'll happen. Um. Uh. Anyway. Yeah, back to, to Arlen and Trumbo. I also like the conversation about art and selling out and that kind of thing as, as an artist. <laughs> I thought I very much identified with the movie, the script that Arlen made. I was like, if I were put in charge of making this movie, I might turn it into something like this. A weird yeah. leftist sci-fi budget movie. I loved it. Yeah, he turns the alien and the farm girl into a rant about the bourgeoisie, which is just great. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, explore that more. Yeah, yeah. You sound like a therapist now. <laughs> Tell me more. Communist um, therapy. Oh, that sounds great. Um, so yeah, so they, they have kind of an argument about basically they're turning out really shitty scripts for this, um, like budget movie producer. The King um, brothers. I love those guys. They were so fucking good. John, John Goodman, Goodman was great. Steven there. Root. I love those Is guys. That, I've seen that guy in lots of stuff. I just didn't know his name. He's the one from like office space, right? Yep. And the other, yeah, a lot of other things too. He's, I'm sure he's awesome. <laughs> he's a very good character actor. Um, so yeah, they're making these like really shitty movies and Arlen's like, don't you want to just like make something good? Like, you know, what, what are we doing here basically? And then it get, turns into an argument of like Arlen's basically questioning Trumbo's, um, motives for this. Um, Trumbo sees it as like, no, I'm, I'm making work so good that they have to accept it. And then like, it'll, they'll see that the blacklist was a dumb idea because everyone's really good and everyone's so popular basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and Arlen's like, no, you're just fucking doing this because you want to be famous. <laughs> and yeah, I think you want to get your name right on that. movies and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I, I think so. So I'm an artist <laughs> and I'm, I'm of two minds because I, you know, there's always a conversation about like, are you going to sell out? Or are you going to like follow your fucking creative passion? And it, for mm -hmm. me, it's all about a balance. And I think the same thing can be said here where it's like, yeah, I still need to make money. <laughs> like, I'm still in a capitalist world. I gotta, like, have a place to live and stuff. But, like, I can find a way to do that where I still have time for other stuff. Which I guess technically Trombo did, because he ended up writing a movie that he really gave a shit about. Yeah. But I, I wonder if it seems... It, if we're supposed to take from that that, like, in the moment he blows up at, at Alan and is like, you suck, get out of here. And mm -hmm. well, Hurd leaves actually, but still they get mad at each other. They have completely different views, but like maybe it softens Trumbo to kind of realize that he can incorporate, he does still want to make a difference in a, in a way and make things he loves. Cause they do. Is that where they mention his, his, the brave one? Yeah. Like, I think they mentioned in that, in that scene. Yeah, they he's do. Laying on the yeah, couch. He and he's brings like, it up. I really want to, you know, that's what I really want to make. I think yeah. it kind of opens him, opens his mind up to that idea that he can still do that while churning out the king brother shit yeah so yeah i guess it kind of gets to that but i don't know i i think i still struggle with the i guess trumbo's intentionality here because i mean i mean what do you think of his strategy of like oh i'm i'm beating them at their own game by like you know making these fake names and and still basically basically winning awards under fake names and showing them like this blacklist is bad versus like Arlen wants to like sue the shit out of them and like keep fighting, even if he might lose. Um, geez. I think in this case, obviously 
Trumbo did succeed at some point. <laughs> uh, Arlen, pro- I don't know, may have failed, maybe wouldn't have failed. You can't really say. Yeah. In general, I'm for an Arlen approach compared to that. Like, I, I don't really... I mean, it's like running for office. Like, I, I don't think I could do that. Like, like yeah. it's all the people who are like, I'm going to change it from the inside. And you're like, okay, good luck. The inside's really fucked up, you know? Yeah, at a certain, like, okay, there's a weird balance. Because when you're playing the capitalist game, there's only so much you can do, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, when you're running for, you know, the nominee of a major party, and if if you lose, you know, because they, they screwed you over or something, you're going to end up shilling for the neoliberal guy. You know, yep. that's, that's just, that's your fate, you know? All right, Pete uh, Bernie. If you get elected to power, congrats, but you're wielding power now in a, in a neoliberal state. Uh, what are you going to do? Um, you're going to have yeah. to play along with things. Um, yeah. Um, Trumbo had a great quote in there that was, I want to win so I can change things. And I was like, that never works, does it? <laughs> like you always end up losing yourself in the process. Yeah, um, I think that's that's a big, a big, th- a big problem with regular electoralism. Only you know, if mm-hmm. there's no social movement behind that, you're the main forces you're going to face are your donors, are are the capitalists, you know, and that's who you're yeah. going to be, who you're going to be beholden to. I also think that like Trumbo's method did does eventually work, but it does take time. Time in which people are getting economically and even physically destroyed. Um, yeah, yeah. If people are taking a more direct approach, to, I mean, if you don't like it, get out there and and try to change it more directly rather than yeah. Hide That's and like stuff. all the motherfuckers being like, I saw this great NPR article and I retweeted it because I thought it was really funny. It said, uh-huh. "Young people are showing up for protests, but will they show up to vote?" Oh yeah, <laughs> I've seen some variation of this. In- totally missing the point, NPR. Totally missing the point. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not firmly anti. Voting, I think if you... You can vote, it's fine to vote. I honestly encourage it. I think it's a good way to show... Yeah, I'm not saying you have to vote for a major party thing, but it's a good way to show preferences and stuff. Yeah. In a way that the power listens to. Please vote if you're able to vote. But also, that should not be where you stop. That's definitely not where you should stop. And I also sympathize with people who are like, voting's bullshit. Like, I get get that point of view. Um I don't hundred eh. percent. In certain places, that. it's a little useless. I, it's your main thing. It's not your only thing. It's like, don't just do that and think, oh, damn, I'm a good citizen. Like, No. <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough. Don't okay. just be uh, Trumbo. Don't just play by the rules. Well, it doesn't really play by the rules, I guess. Don't just be establishment, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we can talk a little bit about his... I guess succeeding in this was um, I I called it his coming out moment in my notes Mm -hmm. (laughs) where he, he does an interview and he uh, he's like, yeah, I I wrote uh, Roman holiday and I wrote uh, the brave one just like lays it all out there and just says like, Hey, like blacklist basically is, is bullshit because I've been writing for this whole time and making movies that you all thought were great. (laughs) Yeah. He's uh, exposing it for, and I think they say, how do you feel that, you know, the blacklist was a joke? And that's where he's like, no, damn, this isn't a fucking joke. This fucked over a lot of people, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a 
important distinction because it does look silly to us now, you know. It yeah, it was like, it was kind of played up for comedy in some senses, like the way they they set up that scene. It was like, wow, look at him just like telling them how stupid they are. Basically, like, they show like the conservative lady Hedda Hopper being like, oh my gosh, and yeah, they show all the reactions of like the people he's been working with, uh, like Otto Preminger and what's mm-hmm. his name? Kirk Douglas, who is not as hot as the actor in the movie. Spoiler alert: I googled him. He's all right. Like real Kirk Douglas? Like real Kirk Douglas. Uh, I don't... Maybe it was just a bad picture. Let me look at some more pictures of what Kirk Douglas. What did I... I dug um, his accent. It was very like... It was, yeah. It was strange. It was it was a cool it was accent. classy. Um, no, not as hot. He just... I don't know. He has a weird face. <laughs> uh, something, I liked his character, though. He was such a dick, and it was funny. Yeah, I liked him. He was funny. But yeah, they do play it for comedic effect, I guess, in some ways. Yeah, but I like that he corrects them. They show him like, hey, no, this was bad. Um, ruined a lot of people's lives. And then we, we kind of get to, at that point, his he's been working with both uh, Otto Preminger and Kirk Douglas in creating the scripts for uh, Spartacus and Exodus and Spartacus. Exodus and Spartacus, yeah. if you're going in that order. <laughs> yeah, that was the wrong order to go in. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and there, he kind of plays them off each other to get screen credits on both. <laughs> uh, just kind of some hijinks. But uh, you made a note about Spartacus. Yeah. So I did a little research into it. Um, and so in the movie, they frame it as like, okay, it's a story about like a slave uh, revolt in Rome. Um, and in the movie, it stars Kirk Douglas and uh, they have Trumbo write the script for it. It's based mm-hmm. on a novel. So I looked up the novel. Apparently, it was written by a communist, um, yeah. Howard Fast. He wrote it during the McCarthy era. He wrote it um, as a reaction to his imprisonment um, because they had jailed him for being in the Communist Party. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I thought that was awesome, too. Um, he actually was sort of, you know, kind of a precursor to Trumbo in the publishing world. You know, he was finally able to get his book published First, people were like, no, we're not publishing that. And then <laughs> it was successful when he self-published it. And so they're like, oh, fine, I guess we'll publish it. <laughs> I want some money, too. Uh, so maybe that's another, you know, argument in favor of doing it Trumbo's way is just be successful and they'll give in. I mean, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, I think I struggle with that. What we got to do is start a communist startup company, you know, get all <laughs> that venture capital in to, to create some communism by innovating and synergizing. Uh, yeah, making an app, um, make sure mm-hmm. it's a, it seems like a tech company, but it's really a communism production company. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll be rolling in it. That sounds great. Uh, <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> uh, it's the worst. Yeah, thing I've but ever I mean, heard. like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still meritocracy bullshit. At the end of the day, like, the system is set up to discriminate against, like, people of color and women and queer people and black True. people. Like, only certain people can do that can work within the system and i mean that's why like everyone in congress is white and male for the most part so yeah it's kind of yeah yeah like that's a good if you can do it i guess do it but like one keep yourself accountable and two like not everyone can do it <laughs> yeah that's a good critique of it is that saying that's how things should be done is a very privileged way to look at it if you have the choice of doing that that is you know, good on you, but most people, like you said, most people can't. It's the same people say, oh, why don't you go vote? Or, oh, why don't you run for office? It's like, I don't have, well, you know, the voting thing, you know, I don't have time off for it. 
voter True. ID laws. There's so many barriers to voting. And then Felons. running for office, I don't have a bajillion dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I just don't have right. that. Yeah. If you're running for office, you're usually already in some way kind of compromised money-wise, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting note about Spartacus. Yeah. Also, Kennedy went to see it. That was hilarious. He was the, like, oh, that was good. <laughs> the American Legion and Hedda Hopper's goons and all that, they go out there protesting it. You know, they got the signs and they're like, there's movies, communist, it sucks. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, Kennedy famously, you know, crossed their their protest uh, to go in and, and, you know, see it and everything comes out. And he's like, I thought it was a great film, you know. Well, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Was that. Great. But that was uh, seen as like a big, you know, turning point, if you will, as mm-hmm. far as legitimizing this. You know, the president went to see it and he said, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's good. And that was back when presidents like you know kind of had some weight in terms of what they did influencing the vast majority of people yeah 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 then it kind of ends with um trumbo accepting an award um so i think it's like a lifetime achievement award or something something like that yeah he's got his old 70s hair yeah man i loved it i love the 70s style i was mostly entertained by how they chose to age up some people versus other people (laughs) some people got Ghastly. Yeah, Buddy got fucked up. <laughs> Buddy and uh, Eddie too. Eddie was um, like, yeah, Eddie. Oh. Eddie looked like shit. Yeah. John Goodman looked exactly the same. His <laughs> wife looked exactly the same. Yeah. Um, it was weird. I one thing I I want to go back to his daughter really quickly. Yeah. There's a point in the movie where they kind of stop talking as much about his wife, and she kind of takes over the wife role. Did you notice that, or is that just me? Uh, she was more of a focus, I guess, than than Cleo was. Yeah. I mean, maybe um, they were just like super close or maybe she was like a producer or something. She was like, oh, I was really close to my dad. She was a consultant on the show. Okay. Uh, Cleo was dead. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Christopher, dead. the brother, was dead. The boy. Um, it the was boy. Nikki and Mitzi who were consultants on the movie. Mm. Okay. I just, it felt like, I mean, it was, I think it was Dakota Fanning who played her. So I think it was like, oh, she's a bigger name. But she had like a weird amount of screen time and some like some conversations like they have a conversation on the porch where it's, she's like oh that guy the neighbor knows you know mm-hmm. he sees kirk douglas coming in i'm like why isn't he talking about this with his wife like not that like he can't talk to his daughter about it, it just felt like a little odd and like they really focused on her like at the award dinner too and it's just mm-hmm. like i don't know she it's was the she was the communist though like his wife was not really I guess involved politically um whereas Damn, she was out you know she was championing civil rights and all this um she was pretty cool i'll give her that yeah she was cool i i did some google uh searching on this as well because i saw your question here and mm-hmm. i couldn't find really anything besides an obituary on cleo i think she was very oh. private maybe just didn't uh, do okay. all, you know that could also be a a factor to it okay so yeah maybe she was i guess yeah she, maybe she was more of the outspoken one okay that makes sense but yeah, you're right though. They do kind of shift gears at some point. And once he basically, once he has his fight with, with Cleo, you know, she's, she's there. You know? Yeah. She, she just exists. Okay. One other thing I did not like about his relationship with his daughter, that whole birthday cake argument. He never apologized. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess they had the scene where he, he goes out to, to find her. Yeah, he talked to her. He after never a says the words "I'm sorry." He never apologizes. He just he just ex- he just defends himself and says like, oh, "I'm just stressed, basically," and just like, I don't know. I'm I'm a master at recognizing a non-apology, and that, my friends, was a non-apology. 
Don't let mostly men do that to you. <laughs> do you think that he that it was meant to be implied in terms of I don't like how this is how I've been sounding lately or something like that? I think yeah. I'm a stickler though. I'm just like, man, just like it to me it matters a lot when people actually say like, "Hey, I was wrong to do that" instead of saying uh, you know, it it wasn't it just didn't it sounded to me like excuses. Okay. <laughs> But whatever, maybe she was cool. She seemed fine with it, so maybe she doesn't have that requirement. I'm I'm more strict with my apologies. <laughs> All right, yeah, good to know. If I piss you off, I'll... Yeah, you have to say it. It doesn't count. <laughs> Bend the knee. All right. Ask Kyle. <laughs> but yeah, that about wraps it up the movie, right? Uh, Pretty much, yeah. I think yeah they have a little end crawl. Oh, uh, yeah, and they, they talk about how um, the investigations lasted until 1975, which... That's insane. It's kind of, yeah, it's um a little bit of an exaggeration there in the sense that yes, uh, the House on American Activities Committee, which was renamed like the Internal Security Committee or something at some point, mm-hmm. was around till 1975. Uh really after um after Joseph McCarthy, well-known anti-communist yeah. senator, goes around with a list saying all these people are communists, right? He mm-hmm. fucks around and and starts accusing people in the army of being communists. <laughs> and so everybody's like, you can't go after the army. They bring him down. Interesting. He just ends up a disgrace. After so what that. If we, yeah. What if we convert everyone in the army? Uh, once you do that, I mean, then, revolution next day. Yeah. You know? Then they can't take us down because you can't attack the army. I'm just saying. <laughs> even, even by 1959, uh, former President Truman was roasting uh, Hueck the committee uh, calling it the most un-American thing in the country today. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like open, but just because someone forgot to close it formally. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. They try to do some shit in the sixties. They try to, they try to go after anti-war protesters and stuff. Mm, Yeah. Uh, But the anti-war protesters just fuck with them back. Uh, They don't, (laughs) they just make a mockery of it. You have um, something called the yippies. They're, they're just like weird. Uh, kind of protest counterculture guys. Okay. Uh, Jerry Rubin and Abby Hoffman, they get hauled in on in front of the committee to answer for being radicals or whatever, you know? And they just make fun of the thing the whole time. Rubin came to one session dressed as a revolutionary war soldier, passing out <laughs> copies of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, and then he blew giant bubble gum bubbles. <laughs> During good, the whole good. thing, his co-witnesses taunted the committee with Nazi salutes. Wow! Another session, he showed up dressed as Santa Claus. <laughs> it's like when uh, in Thirty Rock, when Liz shows up as Princess Leia to get out of jury duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Great, that's good. Anyway, they were jokers, but they were just making they fun just, of this one super powerful committee. <laughs> they were just like, "Fuck you guys!" and they just give them. Yeah, they just wasted their time, basically. Yeah. So by the time it was over, like you said, it was just like, "Oh yeah." The, uh, the internal security committee. Let's get rid of that. Yeah. Okay. I think that wraps it up. Yeah, I think so. Well, we should be right. good there. Uh, you want to jump to our organization corner? I do. All right. We're All staying right. with the topic of, uh, of media here, right? Of uh, mm-hmm. not Hollywood in this sense, but the news media. So, yeah, I, I wanted to look into how to find good news sources and recognize bias. And like, this could be a whole fucking episode, but we're just going to give some quick tips basically. Yeah. Yeah. Some organization, not necessarily in terms of labor or 
leftist movements, but organizing your media diet, your news yes. feed. So I think we can all recognize like very obvious bias, like, you know, fucking Fox News. Like that's easy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone listening to this podcast is <laughs> giving a lot of credence to Fox News. <laughs> they got very lost. <laughs> they clicked the wrong link. Welcome. There's a lot of stuff on that umbrella, right? I mean, there's Fox News, like fucking Breitbart, Breitbart style <laughs> stuff or Blaze or whatever. All those kind of radical right wing, of course, that's a easy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's obviously that. Um, I also would point out like the whole both sides ism. So New York Times recently had um, got themselves into some hot water on this when they published an op-ed basically encouraging violence against protesters. Yeah, that was Tom Cotton. Yeah, Tom. What a name. He said, get out there and bust some heads. Yeah. I read a tweet that was like, you couldn't think of a more racist sounding name if you tried than Tom Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, but um but yeah, so uh, this is something that, you know, liberal outlets do, which is presenting both sides for equal amounts of time, even if one side is a literal Nazi. So watch out for that. <laughs> if they're doing that, not great not a great choice. Mhm. Yeah. Or even in the same articles not giving so equal time but giving equivocating say you know saying mm -hmm. well this side did this but this side did this or annoyingly just repeating what one side said just democrats say that blah 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 but republicans say that blah 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 mm -hmm. it's like okay we didn't get anything from that thanks <laughs> yeah like that wasn't very useful so i would also say follow the money is is my kind of number one rule in figuring out if media can be trusted i used to be a very big npr head until I did a little, little nosing, mm -hmm. and I learned that they're not all up to snuff. Uh, what um, what in particular causes you doubts about NPR? Um, I mean, okay, so we've talked about this before, but they—I don't think they are anymore. But at one point, weren't they like funded by the Koch brothers? Is this real? Uh, yeah, they got a lot of Koch Foundation or something like that. Koch aligned money in some way. Koch Foundation yeah. gives a lot of money to different things, and so those can give thing money to things. Mm, it's a whole network. So, yeah, I, I think I looked into this a while back. It's one of those things where they're like, no, like, they're not. It's fine. <laughs> but I'm very skeptical. I'm a skeptical person. Yeah, I think it's like an affiliates thing with them. Not sure. Mm. But it's not just that. They have a lot of corporate sponsors. And anybody really uh, oftentimes relies on studies that come from think yeah, tanks. Yeah, I want to talk about studies. Anytime you hear a study comes out showing blah, I mean... You should kind of just initially be suspect and on your guard against it. A, the source of the study in terms of if it's like a think tank, like a right-wing institute of some sort, they can basically just rig it to say anything they want, you know? My favorite is when institutes have super American-sounding names. That's when I'm like, I need to double-check what you're about because it's always like, American Ideal for Freedom Committee. And it's like, okay. What are yeah. you actually doing? Yeah, so, American yeah. Enterprise Institute is a bad one. Heritage Foundation. Um, if you're talking more liberal, but still kind of like, you know, capitalist Center for mm -hmm. American Progress, the things like that. Brookings yeah, yeah. Uh, Institute. Any of these, they can pro push out basically, you know, right wing or centrist propaganda as a study, you know. Yeah. And this this gets into, one, who, who funded the study? 
<laughs> like a lot of, um, so I learned about this when I was reading about, um, healthism. Um, a lot of, um, studies about weight and health were mm-hmm. funded by weight loss companies. Oh, so yeah, you gotta watch out for that. <laughs> Literally, whenever they changed the obesity, um, limits, they made it so like a whole bunch more people got obese overnight because they changed the BMI standards. That was also like lobbied from like weight loss companies. So like, good, watch good. Out. I know, I know who to blame now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah. Um, uh, so yeah. Also like, how do they manipulate data? Like I am not a math person or statistician, but you can make data do a lot of things for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, replicating studies is also like less often done, you know, study initial studies will be done, but people don't go back and do it again. But yeah, yeah, if you want to make sure something has been replicated, if it's a study, you want to make sure it's been like actually adequately peer reviewed, like you got to have some guardrails. Otherwise, you could just be like, I did it once. It was perfect. <laughs> so. Yeah. And people are kind of learning that firsthand with uh, studies on coronavirus and stuff like that, where this thing, ha- this new treat- line of treatment seems like it's going to be great. Uh, never mind. Actually, we don't mean that. Or like <laughs> masks don't do anything. Oh, never mind. I don't know. Masks do masks something. Masks are good, I, I guess. Know. Yeah. They, they yeah. just keep going back and forth because they're not doing the studies over and again. I mean, they don't have time. <laughs> yeah. Another tip, I think, for reading news stories in general is uh, the use of passive voice. Yeah. So we talked about this in one episode. I want to say it's the Black Lives Matter episode. I believe so. Yeah. So, you know, we, we talked about the term officer-involved shooting mm-hmm. um, or, you know, was exposed to tear gas. Yeah. Um, there's there's a lot of examples of these. But once you start noticing, it's just like... Well, who, who did it? Like, like just, just say who killed them and they won't do it. They won't list an officer's name too. A lot of the times. Oh yeah. Officers are like minors in terms of protection, uh, <laughs> from, from being named in, in these stories. It's, I thought you meant like minors, the job. And I was like, wait, what? But then I got it. Yeah, anytime you see a story about a minor committing a crime, he's <laughs> never, you know, someone, so-and-so ran into a pickaxe. <laughs> <laughs> a pickaxe was used in the murder of. No, you meant the other kind. There's there's a lot of, and, and this is done with police. It's done with troops, too. There, there's some degree of distance uh, yeah. put in, or there there is a you know an operation that goes down here, and this many people died also. Like, they died of a heart attack while we were attacking that? <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Point? Like, what happened? There's a depersonalization for sure, mm-hmm. which I think just using drones in general is a depersonalization, but yeah. For sure, yeah. So those are some tips on, in general, like how to consume any news story. And and even things that we might recommend to you can still do some of this, you know, like at least from my point of view, I like to, you know, read news from the Associated Press. Very down the line, just they don't really, it's pretty boring. It's just kind of like, here's something that happened. Here's what happened. (laughs) Which sometimes, though, that's what you want. You don't want to be like, okay, tell me your opinion about this. You're like, okay, there was an earthquake. I just need to know that there was an earthquake. Like, I don't yeah. need an opinion about it. I like that. And I like it in in general to kind of use as credibility if I'm talking to someone about mm-hmm. it. But, um, you know, any mainstream news organization is operating from the capital system. And they just have inherent, like, you know, biases built in, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to add some more on, like news and money um some other places Uh to watch out for i mean washington post is owned by fucking jeff Bezos, so like don't trust that 
That's true. They were dragging Bernie Sanders hard in the primaries. <laughs> they did not like that dude. Um, also, local news organizations. So a lot of people think, well, I'll just watch my local news because, like, I know them, I trust them, whatever. <laughs> a lot of those are owned by, like, giganto corporations. You can see this when they run exactly the same stories at exactly the same time. Um, oh, Amazon yeah. just had a big one recently. That was really fun. They, like, they all, all read just, the same statement. <laughs> they said There was that super clip Perfect. of them all, like, reading the same thing. Yeah. Because it was just like a press release from Amazon, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, I think another, it's Sinclair is the is the main corporation, the yeah, Sinclair yeah. group or whatever. I wanted to ask you about if you remember this. Do you remember Focus on the Family? <sighs> you know that they're basically like a hate group or something. They are, and they were on and our local news every fucking that night. That was just put on, yeah, and it was <laughs> with James so Dobson or somebody. Yeah. And he would just come out and say something like, gay people are bad or something yeah. like that. Or, I don't actually we should never said, abort. So I guess it didn't impact thing. us that much, but <laughs> it didn't work. No, it's uh, – no, they're not – so they're not a hate group. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the Southern Poverty Law Center doesn't list them as a hate group, um, but they do describe it as one of a dozen major groups which help drive the religious rights anti-gay crusade. Yeah, um, it's a hate group in my book then. Yeah, they're just saying like they don't advocate like going and shooting people or something, but they're <laughs> bad rats, still, I guess. you know. Yeah. I mean, aren't they are they pro conversion therapy? Probably. I mean, yeah. It's not worth the Google. They're still bad. Again, yeah. very low bar. Um, so yeah, we talked <laughs> about the bad ones. Let's talk about some good ones. Yeah. One good uh kind of public news source. Listener, uh, not listener, reader funded. Um is ProPublica. Yeah, you told me about uh, this one. They uh, they do a lot of really good investigative stories and stuff. They uh, expose, you know, kind of wrongdoings by government a- actors or corporations. And they're, they're very good also about following those up. Sometimes you hear a big explosive story about oh, this big scandal. In one recent one, one of the states was using isolation rooms uh, that were supposed to be like to help calm a kid down or whatever in their schools mm, yeah but they were like using that as like a punishment and they were yeah, like leaving them in there that. for a long time and you know then they can't come back and do like a follow-up story like hey here's what the state started doing to try to change that um and and to go after the people who you know used it improperly or whatever but they, they're good about about investigative stuff that's pro i like them a lot the international consortium of investigative journalists are also a good one they're the okay. ones who broke the Panama Papers. Um, I actually watched oh. a documentary about that. And it was really cool because, I mean, it truly was an international effort. And, like, they had this just a massive amount of data they had to go through. And so um, it was originally, like, a German reporter. And so he he hooked up with this group. And um, they ended up d- uh, divvying up the work, basically, like, okay, this person is from your country, so you take them. And yeah. um, it was really cool. Um, and I, I liked how much they accomplish and like their whole ethos I thought was really cool. So I'm, I just followed them on Twitter today. So looking forward to seeing what they got to say. That's a good way to get news sources too, is just directly uh, on Twitter. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah. Like when I wanted to know what was going on, like whenever the protests were really intense here in Dallas, like I just went to Twitter because like I turned on the news and they were (laughs) just so obviously biased. And I was like, I can't, I can't with you. Yeah, all the news was doing was saying, oh my gosh, look at them. They're throwing a chair through a window. What's happening? Uh, 
this one guy, he cracked me up. He kept being like, darkness has fallen. Like, he thought he was in, like, a Batman movie. It was very <laughs> intense. Uh, and he expected, like, you know, the scarecrow guy to come in and put him on in that public, like, trial that they have or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dark definitely. Knight Rises. He definitely um, had just binged um, Batman <laughs> shit. So, yeah, I, I literally just, like, I went to the Dallas hashtag and scrolled around. So, and I could see, like, oh, this is in my neighborhood or, oh, this is over there. And, like, I could just see you know, actual people on the ground, what they were doing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's a good, that's a good source. I like, uh, back to kind of some more, I don't know, more traditional outlets maybe, but still kind of left leaning is uh, Jacobin. I like Jacobin. Um, is it Jacobin or Jacobin? I never know. I don't know either. I just say Jacobin. <laughs> I don't know. That's okay. And I mean, like they're, they're pretty good. You know, they're social democratic. Yeah. Or democratic social, you know, depends. They're they're kind of reformers, but uh, it's good. Um, I get bogged yeah. down their articles sometimes. I would say sometimes they're long. <laughs> sometimes they are. Yeah, I'll quit an art. Yeah, for sure. They have to I, I have, have to, to really be interested to read a long piece. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah I, I admit to being more of a headline reader with them. <laughs> uh, what else? What else? I like the Intercept. The Intercept is good foreign policy wise, especially. Um, okay. They are pretty anti-establishment in terms of the in terms of that. They're you know tend to be more critical about Israel, nice. which is a is is almost every news source is horrible on that. <laughs> oh yeah. They tend to be more critical of U.S. empire, you know that sort of thing. So I, I definitely appreciate that. They do some pretty good reporting. What else? What what other things do you like? Um, I recently started following Unicorn Riot. Um, they've been doing a great job covering protests. Um, I think particularly in New York City, but I want to say they have wider reach than that. Um, but that's been good. Okay. Um, another one I found was uh, Abolitionist Law Center. Um, so they are a nonprofit law firm, and they basically are working towards prison abolition, which is pretty cool. Good, yes. Something we support. Who else? Oh, The Appeal. Um, I liked them because they covered, uh, they seem to cover a lot of like uh, stories about ICE and um, immigrant rights. Um which are important to me. Um, I mean, they're, they're like, I guess tagline um, is that they cover how, you know, policy, politics, and the legal system affect America's most vulnerable people. So well, that was good. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I, my Twitter feed, honestly, is people that I have either followed directly, like the, the hosts of Trillbilly Workers Party, for example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then people that too. I've seen from their, like, from their retweets and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of chain them based on that or obviously some other some DSA follows and stuff. Yeah, I, I, I don't definitely know. Is that a good strategy or <laughs> I think it is. Honestly, I, I did some of that today, honestly, to prep for this episode. <laughs> I was like, who do you follow? Okay. okay. And I, I think that's fine. I mean, honestly, I think building your newsfeed is a lot like build, building your Twitter feed. Um, you just want to start adding people, see if you like what they tweet. And if they don't get rid of them, look who they're retweeting, look who they're following and just kind of build it up from there um we mentioned southern poverty law center earlier they're also a really good resource do they Um, put out a lot of news i've I've i don't think they do use them as a resource in terms of studies and like yeah i guess that's more for investigations of certain things but yeah let me see they might have a Um, good twitter like retweet news seems like but whatever that counts for me okay (laughs) yeah i like this this is a pretty good list i'm not as familiar with like getting news from Twitter directly. I've only, Mm -hmm. I started also with the protests because, uh, 
everything was happening on the ground. And when it becomes more local, I kind of want to try to do that too. Cause you get, you can like see what's happening in real time, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think of other times that I've done that. I mean, honestly, whenever shit like that has happened or like kind of dangerous shit, like even when we had like the, like an active shooter or something like I was like, okay, what's going on? Like I need to know immediately, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Snopes is also a good source, not so much for news, but like I will just literally fact check bullshit that people put online and just type it in. (laughs) Does it work a lot of times? It works really well. Yeah. Yeah. So I've only ever done it for just like urban legends or stuff like that. Oh, I've done it for like research on things. You know, people post like fucking all right memes and shit like that or not memes, you know, just like fake stats about immigrants or something. I literally just retyped it. I didn't even put Snopes. I just retyped it. And the first thing with Snopes is like, hey, this isn't real. <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that one's kind of fun. Because then you can just send them the link. <laughs> just be like, hey, what you said wasn't right. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. They're not I don't know how much success anyway. you get from that. Yeah. Because people are just like, well, that's just what they want you to think or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you and I have had this conversation before. Like, it, I am very frustrated with. We, t- we talked about studies and like, how do you prove that they're real and stuff? And there are ways to, you know, guard against it, but there's still going to be manipulation of information. So just yeah. keep your head on a swivel. For sure. With any of these sources overall, I mean, the, even the ones we recommend, just be critical. I mean, yeah. you never know. Always question. Always. All right. You think we're good on the organizing? I feel very organized. All right, All put good, together. good. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I know, I, I say I know. I know what I want to do for the next episode. I want to know if you want to do it. All right. What are we doing for the next episode? I want to learn about. I want to learn about what does it mean to be in a right-to-work state. Okay. What does it mean to be in a right-to-work state? We can cover that. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Um, so the reason I want to learn about it is because when we're recording today, June 15th, they passed um, an anti-discrimination law against LGBTQ people in the workplace. And my first question was, hey, I'm in Texas. <laughs> How does that work? Um, because Texas is a right-to-work state. Um, yeah. So basically, I mean, I got I, I literally just asked people on my Instagram, like, hey, DM me. I don't know what this means. Um, and I got a few answers, but I just want to learn more about it, how it came to be, why we have it, how we can get rid of it, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we can totally get into that. It's going to be kind of a discussion about labor law. So I will need to do a little bit of research on it, too. I kind of, you know. I know the gist. I'm rusty on it. Yeah, so (laughs) good deal. We can do that. Cool. Okay. Um, Labor law nerds get excited. For real. It's important for anybody. I mean, you don't have to. We're not going to get into the super nitty gritty of it. (laughs) No, we're not. I will hang up the Zoom call. Yeah, we'll be talking about, you know, do you have the right to, you know, get together with your fellow workers and, and fight for a better existence. Yeah. What are your rights as a worker yeah. in those states? Which everybody should know. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thanks for teaching me communism. I guess today we mostly talked communism, but that's okay. Yeah, it was a, it was movie. It was movie night, movie discussion. Yeah. That's good. So. I, I, I like, we kind of got in some philosophical zones. That was good. Yeah. Uh, so follow us on social media. We are at Teach Communism on Twitter, at Teach Me Communism on Instagram, and Teach Me Communism at gmail.com. Um, if you want to send us questions, we are still gathering questions for a Q&A episode. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, if we really like it, we could turn it into a full episode if you've got a really juicy question. Um, so, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I look forward to getting that question. That would be fun. <laughs> um, did I miss anything? Oh, uh, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I guess there's other places where you can rate and review probably, but that's the one that I check like every day, like a maniac. <laughs> all right. Yeah, um, you do? Have we gotten a lot of reviews? I haven't checked it at all. <laughs> I haven't checked it actually today. I just said that I checked it every day. Let's see. We have. Oh, we got a new one. Oh, thank nice. you. I'm relatable. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that one's new. I'm going to read that I'm later. Cold and I'm very happy. Um, no, they said you were cool too. I don't, I don't remember cause it wasn't about me. So <laughs> <laughs> that went right out. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, review us. I love it. Makes me happy. Um, rate us. Yeah. Right in with those questions. Happy. Yes. All right. Well, uh, thanks for being a good student as always. Thanks. And I'm sure listeners, y'all were good students too. Hopefully. I see some slackers in the back. Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah. We, we we noticed. Yeah. Anyway, catch us next week uh, on another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. We did it.